Who are the real people we consider our sages? Who were they in life? What is the legacy they left us? Join Rabbi Danny Saxton for the next hour as he explores the lives of our Torah giants, the spiritual geniuses who shaped the way we approach Judaism today. That's focus on our sages right now on 101.9 High FM. afternoon and welcome to Soul to Soul. Well, it's a great pleasure to be with you on Wednesday afternoon. And things are looking good. The doom and gloom is lifting. Baruch Hashem, thank God. As we see the numbers decreasing in South Africa in Hong and please uh, God that will continue and hopefully we will start getting back to normal life, to the new normal. Uh, it really is reflected by the Jewish calendar. We had our three weeks in Tishabav, which are a very dark, um, the, not depressing, but uh, concerning time for the Jewish people. There's a time of less simcha. We have less joy because that has been a spiritually vulnerable time for Klai Israel. And that was the case here in South Africa where the pandemic, where the virus was sparking and was hitting its peak at that time. And now we're in a time period called the Shiva Dunachemta, the seven half Torahs of comfort. Um, we're from the end of Tisha B'Av all the way until Rosh Hashanah. Each Shabbos, half Torah of comfort is read where the prophets prophesize that after the darkness comes the light, after the storm comes the sunshine, and uh, that we will get through this and we will, um, it, this too will pass and better times will come. So we are in that period now of the Shivda Nechem to the seven Haftorahs of comfort and we are comforted by the fact that Baruch Hashem, the numbers are coming down and it looks like our shuls will be opening soon. Um, first with very small minyanim of 15 people, then we'll be building up until Rosh Hashanah where we could have a maximum of 50 people in our communities. And uh, although it's not back to normal, to the usual um unrestricted opening of our shuls. Nonetheless, we will take what we can get, and it still is a um, development for the good, and we are thrilled to, please God, be able to open our shuls again, to be able to um, have minyanim, to be able to say Kaddish, to be able to say Kedusha, to be able to say Baruchu, and be and once again involve ourselves in, ourselves in Devarim Shep Kedusha, in those holy things that are um, such a source of inspiration and strength for all of us, for Kalisra, for the Jewish people. We also find ourselves reading the Parshas of Devarim. Uh, we're reading Sefer Devarim, the book of Devarim, the book of Deuteronomy. That's the fifth book in the Torah. And Deuteronomy is really, one doesn't need much commentary to Deuteronomy because it is so beautiful and powerful and eloquent and moving these words of Moshe Rabbeinu that he shares with Klai Israel. It's the last days of Moshe's life, the last weeks of Moshe's life, and he shares with him his final testament and what he believes is necessary for the Jewish people as they enter into the land of Israel, as they begin to embark on a new chapter in their journey, um, and that is inhabiting the land and um, living in the land as a holy nation the land that was promised to our forefathers, the land which is part of our covenant with our Kodesh Baruch Hu. 
There's no greater claim to any land that any nation has than the, than the claim of the Jewish people to the land of Israel. As the first Rashi in Bereshit says, Bereshit bara Hashem, Hashem created the world. And the reason why the Torah begins with that is because it's God's world and therefore God can choose which people belong in which land. And God's promise to us to have the land is a legitimate promise because it's God's world. God created the world. And that's a part, an essential part of the Jewish people from the beginnings of our um, emergence as a nation. Hashem promises Avram Abinu, Abraham, our patriarch, that the um, fulfillment of the covenant with Abraham will be his descendants living and inhabiting the land of Israel as we've been in the land of Israel for more than 3,000, three and a half thousand years. And so um, before we enter into the land, before the fulfillment of our dream and of our, on our, of our covenant that God has promised us, um, Moshe Rabbeinu prepares the people for this new phase in their journey, in their development as a people. And he gives them the instructions and he gives them the mitzvahs that's necessary for them to know um, as they're about to inhabit the land. And Moshe Rabbeinu's words are really moving and powerful. And, uh, you know, we don't need, we just have to read those words, read the translation of the Pashas of Devarim in English, and um, one gets the message very loud and clear as to what our mission is as our people, what our responsibility is as a people, um, what it is that we have entered into in terms of our covenant, of our bris, of our contract with Hashem, with God. That there, And it's repeated so many times in Devarim that if we listen to Hashem and we follow Hashem's, um, we follow Hashem's directives and Hashem's guidance for us, so um, we will um, enjoy the blessings of this world, we will enjoy peace, we will enjoy prosperity, we will enjoy good health. And when the Jewish people stray from the path, when the Jewish people turn their backs on our covenant with God, when we don't keep up to our side of the agreement, so unfortunately the consequence of that is difficulty, is hardship, is strife, is suffering. And that really is the history of the Jewish people. When we are as a nation collectively um, living up to our spiritual responsibilities, so then we enjoy peace and prosperity. And when we as a nation turn our backs on God and on God's commandments and our covenant with God, so then we face difficulty and hardship and suffering like no other nation has faced hardship and suffering in the history of the world. Moshe Rabbeinu in last week's Pasha says something very beautiful and powerful. He says, and um, the Pasha last week was Pasha's Akev, and it starts with the Pasuk, Vaya Akev Tishmeun Es Hamishpatim Ha'ele. If you listen to these commandments, Ushmaratim Vasisim Oisam, and you guard them and you do them, so then Hashem will bless you. Vahavacha, Vahirechacha, Vahirbacha, Vahirech Pribitna. It says that God, if you listen to those commandments, those laws of God, so then God will love you and God will bless you and God will um, increase the blessing of your offspring and of your land and of your produce, etc. So there's a very um, – the basic understanding of this word akev 
Um, why is the, the Torah, why is Moshe Rabbeinu using the word Ekev to say, if you listen to God's command? Ekev tishmu'un. Um, why is it Ekev? Ekev is a strange, a peculiar Lashon expression. Um, and Rashi explains it, he says, uh, based on the Midrash, that Ekev is a, means heal. So if you listen to those things that we are accustomed to, that we take, we regard in a casual way, that we trample on with our heel, even if those things we careful with, so then God will bless us. Um, that's the simple understanding explanation of the word Akev. But I'd like to share with you a very beautiful, deep explanation of the great and holy Nesivah Shalom. And um, we often quote the Nesivah Shalom, who's a, a very, um, was one of the great Hasidic masters of the 20th century, the Stonim Rebbe. Um, he was first in, in Poland, in Slonim. He then, before the Holocaust, got to Eretz Israel. And after the Holocaust, when Slonim, when the Slonim Hasidim were destroyed, like all of the Jewish uh, community in Poland, he rebuilt them in Eretz Israel. Great genius of a person whose um, explanations are so beautiful and so enlightening, enlightening and so deep. So when we come back after this break, I'll explain to you what the Holy Nasir Shalom says about the expression of Akev. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. We're discussing the um, the word Ekev that was used by Moshe Rabbeinu to describe the Jewish people's uh, fulfilling our commitment to God. Why the word Ekev? So Rashi says Ekev is like a hill. And those things that we used to taking for granted, that we take casually, we trample upon with our heels, if we even careful in those normal everyday um, routine things, so then God will appreciate it and we will be blessed uh, by God. But there's a beautiful explanation of the Nesiv Shalom, which uh, takes us even to a deeper understanding of this. Nesiv Shalom says the word Akev, which is heal. Moshe Rabbein is communicating to the Jewish people that even if we are on the level of heal and we still listen to God's commandments, so God will respond very warming and warmly and lovingly to us. Whatever that means. But um, what does it mean, the heal, the level of the heal? So the... And the Shalom explains from the Kabbalistic sources, the Kabbalistic Sforim, that there are three different categories of human beings. There's the, and they represented by different parts of the body. There's the category of the Rosh, there's the category of the Lave, and there's the category of the Raglaim, of the legs, or the Akev, the heel. What's the Rosh? So the Kabbalists explain that the Rosh is referring to the place in a human being where you have the physical senses to see and to hear, and you also have the ability to understand and to intellectualize with the brain. And there, and there was a time in Jewish history where the Jewish nation was on the level of the Rosh, which means they could see and hear God with their senses in a very real tangible way, and they could also understand God and understand that spiritual connection with God. That was uh, the in ancient times, the times of the Torah, where they heard um, at Mount Sinai and where they 
experienced miracles, open miracles with their, with their eyes and with their ears. Um, and that was a very rare time in the history of the world and at a time when the Jewish people were in a very great spiritual level. And then there were times when even though they didn't have the ability, the Jewish people, to see and hear God with their senses, but could still feel God's power and presence. They still had a lay of a heart. So although it wasn't literal hearing and seeing, it was a figurative hearing and seeing, and they could connect to God in a very deep and powerful way. And those were the times of the Tanaim 2,000 years ago. Those are the times of the Amoraim um, uh, 1,700 years ago, 1,500 years ago. And as we move on, so we become less sensitive and we connect. Our spiritual perception becomes dulled and becomes weaker until we reach a level where we all, we with the legs. So the legs don't have the ability to, to see and hear or to feel spirituality. And the bottom of the legs of the heel, the heel is the, the, our heels are, um, we have thick skin over there and we have very little sensitivity in our heel, the least sensitivity in the entire body. And that represents a time when the clients or when the Jewish people are literally at the bottom of the hill, are um, on a very low spiritual level, and we feel very little. We are not able to make that spiritual connection. Um, our, our spiritual senses and perception is is numbed and is dulled. That is the generation we're in. We're at the bottom of the body. We're in the most um, insensitive part, the, 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 the most thick-skinned part of the body, and that's the heel. And that represents our generation, our generation where we see it doesn't uh, take much thought and explanation to understand what I'm referring to, but our generation is, is the lowest of all generations. Our generation is the most confused of all generations. Our generation is where the levels of morality are, have reached new lows in the history of humanity, uh, where we really don't know who we are and where we're going and what we're doing and what life is about. And we have very little connection to spirituality and to truth and to holiness and to God and to God's morality. Um, in t- today's world, we, we don't even know what gender we are. We don't even know, you know, who we are in, in essence. We, we, we really lost in the dark. We are the heel with very little, um, spiritual perception and connection, unfortunately. And that's what's called Yerida Sardoros, the, um, the uh, weakening of the generations. As we move further away from Mount Sinai, so we get further and further away from that revelation with God and that connection with God, unfortunately. Um, it, 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 the deterioration of the spiritual level continues through the generations until we've reached this point where we are the heel and we are the bottom of the body, and we have very little spiritual sensitivity, as we see clearly in the world around us today. And so Moshe Rabbein is saying to Klai Yisrael that that time, the time of the heel, Vahaya im Ekev, and that time is also called Ikfasa de Mashiach. Um, Ekev is a heel, and we, there's a phrase in the sages that's called Ikfasa de Mashiach, which means the heel of Mashiach, the heel of, um, which means the that's the time, the generation that is going to experience the footsteps of the Messiah. It's the pre-Messiah era and where the heel 
of Messiah will uh, appear. And it also is a play on the heel, on the level of the, of the generation on how far and how spiritually desensitized we are. And that is our generation. Um, as I've been saying. And therefore, um, Moshe Rabbein is saying to the Jewish people that even, that even if you're on a level of Akev at the end of days, where you on that lowest level of the heel of the body, if you still listen to Hashem then, if you still hold on to the commandments, if you still you still listen to Hashem's laws, so then Hashem will respond with great love and great appreciation. Hashem will love you and Hashem will bless you because that will be midah connected midah. It will be measure for measure according to your your commitment in such difficult times, in such dark times, in times where the world has gone absolutely nuts, where the world has lost all sense of morality. If you still hold on in the time of the Ekev of the hill, so then Hashem will love you and Hashem will, will bless you greatly and Hashem will appreciate Kviyachal, your commitment and your going against the stream and your loyalty even when the world has gone crazy. And those are our times. So it should be a great source of inspiration, this explanation of Ekev, is that if we can still produce, um, People, Jews that are loyal to the covenant, Jews that keep Shabbos, Jews that keep Kashrus, Jews that keep Taras HaMishpacha, Jews that don't speak Loshon Hora and keep Sneers and learn Torah and do their best to observe the Torah. In the times like this, in times of darkness, in the times of the heel, so that's a tremendous thing. That's an unbelievable thing. That's something that will be greatly acknowledged by HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem. And so we should strengthen ourselves and inspire ourselves and hold on. And maybe we're not on the level of our ancestors, of our forefathers, of previous generations, which were, they were spiritual giants. They were very holy people. They were able to resist the temptations of the Yetzirah. They didn't live in the Facebook and the Instagram and the Netflix generation. They lived in a holy, pure society and environment, and they used every moment to connect to Hashem, to serve Hashem, to build themselves spiritually, to bring God's light into the world. We're far from that. We're very far from that. But if we're still able to hold on at this time, at the time of Iqlasad the Mashiach, at the time when we're on the level of the hill, so that will be greatly appreciated by Hashem. So that's what Moshe Rabbein is saying, that, that Akev, hold on even in the times of darkness, the times of the hill, and you will, um, Hashem will greatly reward you and appreciate um, your loyalty even in such difficult and challenging times, which is really a beautiful and inspiring pshat understanding um, of the Nasiba Shalom based on the Kabbalistic commentaries. There's also another beautiful piece I, uh, I would like to share with you, something that's uh, very relevant and important to us from last week's Pasha. We saw in last week's Pasha, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu warns Klai Yisrael, he, as they uh, about to embark on their uh, conquest of the land. So he says to them, don't become complacent. There's going to be a time when you enter into the land and you will be prosperous and you will enjoy the fruits of your labor and you will be with your families and it will be a time of peace and prosperity for the Jewish people. At those times, don't become complacent and don't let your guard down. 
and don't think koichi v'oitzem yadi es asu esachayel that my strength and my ability has brought all of the success. That's a very big mistake to make in life. He says v'zachata it's periches pasuk yutches of the varim v'zachata es Hashem lokecha, which is chapter eight, verse eighteen. Um, says Moshe Rabbeinu, remember Hashem your God. Because God gives you strength in order to in order to earn wealth, in order to earn a living. It's God that gives you the strength. In order to fulfill the covenant that he made with our forefathers. So don't think that it's you. Don't think it's your ability and strength and genius that's brought to your prosperity and your success. It all comes through the grace of God. I heard from Rabbi Kron, he quoted Rabbi Schwab, who quotes the Targum over here, explains these words. So what do we say? Moshe says, remember God. God gives you strength to uh, acquire wealth. So on that, the Targum, now the Targum is Targum Unculus. Unculus is Aramaic. Um, and at the times, uh, a thousand years ago, uh, 1500 years ago, so the most common international language was Aramaic. And so Unculus, the famous Unculus, he was a convert himself, he translated the verses of the Torah into Aramaic. Um, so it would be accessible to the masses, because that was the uh, spoken language of the world. Today, the most universal spoken language of the world is English. The English of today is the Aramaic of 1500 years ago. So what does he say in the Targum? Unculus says on that verse um, that um, Hashem will, will gives you strength. But titkar uh, God is the one that gives you eitza, gives you the idea to purchase property. God is the one who gives you an idea to pursue a certain sale or purchase and to push through a deal. And to God is the one that gives the idea that brings you success in your business, in your career, in your life. So uh, that's what Moshe Rabban is telling the Jewish people. Don't think that it's you. Don't think that it's my genius and my ideas and my business acumen and my ability to pull off deals that's brought me my success. God gave you that idea in the first place in order to follow that course and pursue that path. And we should not be complacent and think that it's me, it's my strength and my genius and my ability. And that's such a powerful lesson in life for all of us is that we must realize that whatever we have, and we all have so much, um, by all of us, the glass is not just half full. The glass is 95% full. All of us, without any exception, just having eyesight and having the ability to breathe. Um, we're going through this terrible pandemic of COVID-19, and um, in about 15 to 20% of the cases, it gets to the lungs. And a person is not able to breathe. One's lung capacity is severely reduced. Um, unfortunately, I also tested positive COVID, and there were a few days where I could feel it in my breathing. And it's a very frightening thing that you used to breathing with a, a full lung capacity, and now it's, it's 30 40% of what you could do before, which is very scary. So all of us are constantly blessed. We can breathe. We can see. We can hear. We can swallow food and digest food. We go to the bathroom, and that's why we say the beautiful blessing, Asher Yatsar, after going to the bathroom. We can walk. Um, we can taste. Uh, also with corona, the smell and taste uh, is taken away. Mine is, is only just returning now. 
um, seven weeks later. So all of these great gifts that God gives us in our lives, we have a heart that pumps an incredible battery that's pumping blood um, for our entire life. Isn't that unbelievable? Our immune system, the miracles of life are phenomenal. And we have families and we have um, spouses and parents and children and siblings and we have the ability to earn a living and to support our families. These gifts are, that Hashem showers upon us are um, are indescribable. And so we all have so much in our lives. But we shouldn't think that my success and the blessings in the life come from me. They, they're mine. I've acquired them. I've earned them. My hard work and my genius has earned them. We must always remember that the eight of the idea says the title comes from Hashem. Hashem has given us our success and the idea for our success comes from God. And Rav Schwab takes it a step further. He says that there's the famous Gemara and Shabbos that says when we leave this world, we got, one of the first questions that we're going to be asked, we're all going to face a court case, a judgment, which is quite frightening. And in that judgment, one of the questions that we're going to be asked is, Did you uh, conduct your business dealings with Emuna? So the simple pshat and understanding of that is, were you honest in business? Were you straight in business? Did you live uh, by an honest moral code that God wants us all to live by? Um, that's the one understanding. But Roshop says, Schwab says the other understanding is this pshat we're saying now. Nasatva Natadva also means, did you have Emuna in your business? Did you see God's hand? Did you see God's presence and God's blessing in your business dealings as well? Did you realize that the ideas that you had and the Choices, decisions you made, God gave you those ideas. God gave you the ability to do so. So we must always be humbled, and no matter how successful we may be, no matter how much we've achieved in our business career and in our uh, our pursuit to make a parnosa, we must always realize that it comes from God and it's through God's blessing that we succeed in this world and we achieve whatever we achieve. Okay, so that's a, a very powerful lesson that Moshe Rabbein is teaching us. Let's carry on with some more powerful lessons. Um, the, these lessons of Moshe Rabbeinu are so rich and so valuable and so relevant even to our times, 3,332 years later, these lessons are as important and as valid as they ever were. So let's move on to another lesson that Moshe, that Moses teaches us um, in Devarim. And that comes from this week's Pasha, this week's Torah reading. And in this week's Pasha, um, we see a, a, a beautiful, a very, very powerful teaching that is life-changing. And we, I'll share that with you when we return in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. Very excited to share with you another beautiful lesson and moral teaching we learned from Moses, from Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest leader and uh, one of probably the most noble human being that ever walked the face of the earth, our teacher Moshe Rabbeinu. And he teaches us in this week's Pasha, Pasha's Re'eh. He opens up with the words, very moving words. That I am placing in front of you. Moshe Rabbein is talking to the Jewish people in the last days of his life. I'm placing in front of you blessing and curse. Bracha, Hashem 
So what's the bracha? Esa bracha. The blessing is that you listen to the commandments of God that I am um, commanding you today. But klala, what's the curse? Im lo tishmu es mitzvah You don't listen to God's commandments. You turn away from His way. That I command you today. So there's a, a lot of um, analysis as to what exactly Moshe Rabbeinu is referring to over here with these powerful words. Firstly, why does he open up with the word re'eh, look? Now, he's not uh, giving them a PowerPoint presentation. It's not a Zoom um, meeting where he's sharing his screen. Um, on the contrary, Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to them. So why do you say re'eh, look? Look at what I'm saying to you, firstly. And secondly, um, why does he emphasize all the time hayom? We see three times in those opening verses, he says the mitzvahs that I'm giving you today and the blessing is if you follow the mitzvahs I give you today and the curse is if you don't follow the mitzvahs I give you today. What's that got to do today? Why is that so significant um, in, in terms of what he's telling them? And furthermore, um, the bracha is that which uh, you should... Uh, ashe, he says, the bracha neemar ashe tishmu baklala so uh, the third point, the third question the Siva Shalom asks on this is the, the bracha that I'm giving you and the klala is if, if you don't listen. So it's a, it's not a, it doesn't flow. Um, it should say im tishmu is the bracha, im lo tishmu or the bracha is tishmu and the klala is lo tishmu. So it's not, it's not a consistent sentence. So he answers up very, very beautifully, very powerfully. He quotes the Soda Avoida, which is a famous uh, Kabbalistic work in which the Yesoda Avoida quotes the Arizal, the Ariyakarosh, Rav Yitzhak Luria, the master of Kabbalah, the, uh, the, the great genius who lived in the 16th century in Sfat, who unlocked the keys of the Zohar, of the teachings of Rabbi Shunba Yochai, which is the mystical teachings uh, within the Torah, within the, the Jewish tradition. And the Arizal, um, he quotes the teaching of the Arizal. The Arizal said, that no two human beings are alike. Just as no two human faces are alike, even identical twins, if you know them well, you can tell the difference between them. So the, the no two human faces are alike, no two human souls are alike. And every single human soul has got a unique mission in this world. And no, there's no duplicate of human beings. And the role and job that each person is supposed to perform in this world cannot be duplicated and copied by anybody else. It has to, it is unique to that individual. It's unique to that person. Um, and we all have been sent, our souls were sent from a world of souls called Oilam Hanushamos into our bodies, into this world, to be metaken, to rectify and fulfill a mission. And each of us has a unique mission to fulfill has a unique job to do in this world. And no two individuals can do the same job. Nobody can rectify that which somebody else was sent to do, and somebody else can't rectify that which you've been sent to do. We all have this unique role and job to fulfill in this world. And the ultimate bracha, the ultimate blessing that exists in the world, is when we fulfill that job, when we fulfill that mission, when we fulfill the purpose for which we were sent in this world. Now, as Jews, we all, in a general sense, have to fulfill the Torah and mitzvahs. We were sent to this world to observe the Torah and mitzvahs, to not do averas, to resist the temptations of the transgressions that the Torah says we shouldn't do, 
and to fulfill the positive commandments, to do and fulfill the mitzvahs that God wants us to do. That's, in a general sense, the mission of Klai Yisrael, of the Jewish people. But there's also a specific task that each individual has to accomplish. Within that general sense, there's a unique mission for every single Jewish soul that we have to fulfill, and that's unique to the journey of our soul. Our soul needs that tikkun. And most likely, the Kabbalists say that we've all been here before, and we've all, uh, we are re, we, we, we experience reincarnation, um, our soul comes back because we didn't do the job, because we didn't fulfill the mission, because we didn't rectify that which our soul needs to be rectified in this physical world that we live in. And so we all have the opportunity of life in order to fulfill that job, that mission, that purpose for which we were sent. The Torah and mitzvahs and our individual tikkun, our individual rectification that we're supposed to fulfill. God created a world and everything in God's world is in order to facilitate the process of fulfilling that mission. God, uh, the qualities that we have, the strengths we have, the weaknesses we have, the family we were born into, the country that we were born in, the time we were born in, all of that is very well worked out and tailor-made from God in order to give us the opportunity to fulfill our purpose and mission in this world. And it's not easy. It's going to take hard work. And we have to overcome um, many obstacles in order to fulfill that mission. But that's what we're doing here. That's why we were sent into this world. And that's why it says, um, Es HaBrocha, because the entire world is set up for Brocha. God, the odds are in our favor. God wants us to be able to achieve that tikkun, that rectification of that soul, that perfection of our soul. And everything that happens to us and all the circumstances and all the situations and all of the capacities we have and the abilities we have and the strengths and weaknesses we have, they are all set up in order that we can do that job, in order that we can fulfill our mission. And when we do it, that's called brocha. That's the definition of brocha. So, says Nesiva Shalom, this teaching of the Arizal is what Moshe Rabbein is teaching us over here with those words in the beginning of the Pasha of Ra'e. That Ra'e, blessing is when we fulfill our mission and when we, we, we pick up um, all of the uh, props and everything that Hashem gives us in order to fulfill that mission and we, and we in sync with the purpose for which we were created. That is the definition of brocha. We're listening to that which Hashem is giving us. So the, so, uh, uh, the, the understanding of this verse is that, um, when you are listening to that which Hashem is giving us in order to fulfill our purpose in this world and to fulfill our particular tikkun that we're supposed to follow, the mitzvahs in general, but in particular our personal tikkun, um, that's brocha. And the klala curse is when we don't fulfill that. And listen to this unbelievable idea. The, the Kabbalists say that how do we determine what our personal particular area is that we're supposed to perfect as per our mission in this world? They say that those things that we find a lot of resistance to, those things that we struggle with, those things that we need a tremendous amount of mysterious nefesh to overcome, of self-sacrifice to succeed in overcoming them, that is telling us that this is our tick and this is our thing. So for everybody that's different, for some people it might be um, anger, 
They may get very angry all the time and blow their top. And it's very hard for them to control their anger. So that's the tikkun for their neshama. For some people it's eating. For some people it's the pursuit of sexual pleasure. For some people it's the pursuit of power and of, and arrogance. Um, everybody has a area that they weaken or areas that they weaken. Those ones that are particularly hard for them, the Kabbalists say that's an indication. That's a that's a highlighting that this is your tikkun. This is the area you need to work on. And we could leave this world after 120 years, even after fulfilling the Torah and mitzvahs, and have missed the point entirely, have missed that particular tikkun in al Shoma that we were supposed to achieve, which is a very scary thing. And that's what Moshe Rabbein is saying. I'm giving you blessing because God set up the world. The whole world is for blessing in order for you to, to do the mitzvahs, to fulfill the commandments, not to do the various, and to fulfill your particular tikkun in this world. And if you do that and you're in sync with God's purpose of creation, that's blessing. And everything around you will be blessing. And if you don't do that, that's the definition of curse. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. Let's wrap up this beautiful um, message that we've been sharing from the this week's Pasha, Pasha's Re'eh. The Moshe Rabbein is telling us that our mission in this world is, of course, to fulfill the mitzvahs and not to do the avarias, the transgressions in the Torah, and to do the positive commandments, but also to fulfill our particular tikkun, our particular mission, uh, that which we were created for and made to do. And we said that the Kabbalists say that those areas in our lives and in our personalities where there's a tremendous amount of resistance that we struggle with and we find it difficult to to make ground in, so that's an indication, that's a hint to us that that's our particular tikkun, and it's different for everybody. And obviously, it's you know, it's a it's a, a subtle balance in all of these areas, but there are certain areas where we are particularly weak and that we need to. We need to rectify, and everything that we have in our lives is in order to be able to achieve this goal and to reach that perfection and tikkun rectification within our souls, within our neshamas. Um, and whether it's our bad, our character traits, and our even the 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 bad aspects within us, you know, even the the Sahara, if we have uh, appetites for power and pleasure um, or whatever it may be. Those are actually good because that gives you a chance to work on those things and to overcome them, and then we fulfill our tikkun, our mission. So everything traced to its root is actually good that God created in the world. And finally, the last idea is why, and actually, and the Sivah Shalom says, so whether a person is blessed with wealth, um, clearly their tikkun comes through the wealth. Are they going to share it with others? Are they going to give tzedakah? Are they going to support Torah institutions? Um, if a person is not blessed with wealth and struggles financially, so that's also their tikkun. Will they be able to embrace God and accept what God has given them without resentment and bitterness and anger? Will they be makabil and that which God has said? So that's their particular tikkun. Everybody has their own tikkun in this world. Um, and finally, that's why it says hayom three times every day, because each day is a new creation that God creates in order to give us the opportunity to fulfill our mission in this world. 
No, just like no two, we, we started out by saying the Arizal says no two neshamas are the same, no two uh, souls are the same, um, no two faces are the same, no two missions that each individual neshama has is the same, and no two days in the world are the same. Every single day is unique and is created by Hashem in order to give us the opportunity to get closer to fulfilling our mission and reaching our tikkun as individual souls, individual neshamas. Um, and that's why uh, we say in the davening in the morning, that Hashem renews every day. Every day is a new creation. It's not just the original creation going on. Each moment of each day is a new creation that Hashem creates to give each human being the opportunity to fulfill our mission, our purpose, our goal and role in this world. So Moshe Rabbeinu is telling us very powerful things over here. And please God, we should listen to these teachings and these messages of Moshe Rabbeinu. And we should all, uh, first and foremost, fulfill the mitzvahs of the Torah and not transgress the Averas, the transgressions of the Torah. And we should all rise to the occasion and use this opportunity of life that God gives us and fulfill our personal mission, our personal tikkun, our personal perfection that we are supposed to in this world. And when we do so, so then our life is a blessing and everything in our life is a blessing. But when we disconnect and when we turn away from that and we reject that and we ignore that, so then our life becomes a curse. Im lo If we don't listen, so then it's a klala, then it's a curse. That's what Moshe Rabbein is teaching us. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day.